The guys from Nowhere would love to know what's on your mind. If you love what you've been hearing, or you haven't, drop them a line at facebook.com slash nowherecalifornia, or drop them an email at nowhere underscore california at yahoo.com. Oh, pardon me, I almost spilled my Perrier. Uh, this is Perry the Wolfman Bowman, and you're listening to Nowhere California with Phil and Josh. I happen to be with Josh. I don't know where the hell Phil is. Guess I owe him money or something. I don't know. Hey, anyway, go to www.queengoya.com and check out the progress of our pilot. Are, are you checking? No, 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 stop. I know you're watching a, a, a rerun of Game of Thrones. That's great. It's on demand. Just put down the control and, and, and check quickly. I, I, you could do this any other day of the week, really. Jeez, some people. Some people. Did I mention it was QueenGoria.com? I'm still waiting. Check it out. Nine, nine and a half minute pilot. It's, just watch it anytime. This is Josh. Hey, and this is uh, Steve J. Palmer. And this is Nowhere California. Okay, and uh, we're coming to you from the faculty in L.A. Uh, great place for food. Holy crap, thanks for suggesting this place, man. Yes, they've got, like, really great uh, hot sandwiches. This is kind of like uh, the faculty here on uh, Heliotrope uh, and Melrose in, uh, in L.A. Here is the watering hole for uh, the company members of Sacred Fools Theater, which is just right around the corner. Um, know a lot of friends here. Uh, one of the great guys bartending, Joe Freya, who's a great company member. Um, this is really uh, it's it's a it's a cool place to uh, it's a cool place to go. And then right across the street is Scoops uh, Ice Cream, which is the best ice cream in Los Angeles that you're looking. And I'm not lying when I say that. It's, 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 awesome. This is my one of my favorite places. Yeah, I just jump right into it. Uh, we kind of jump, jump, jump away. Uh, we kind of met up first at uh, the Days of the Dead horror convention in April. We did, we yeah, did. Yeah, and you were in uh, full Terry the Wolfman gear, but uh, yeah, I was dressed. I was dressed in full as Terry the Wolfman, yeah. and uh, yeah, a lot of a uh, lot of a lot of makeup for that. Yeah. And uh, but uh, it was fun. It was yeah, fun. at first I yeah. thought it was you're just the random fan at the thing with okay, doing the cosplay part. part. Yes. Yeah, and I was like, that is different because you wear like a kind of a smoking jacket, and it's a it's a like a yeah a red a red and black collared uh, trimmed uh, smoking jacket yeah. with. Uh, Yes, uh, it's it, very different. Well, yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. It was. We thought so. And then, <laughs> like the second time I bumped into you, we kind of talked about the shirt I was wearing, the Walking Dead shirt. Yes, yes. Yeah. And then right after that, we met Satu, and she handed us one of the postcards that you guys had made for the show Queen Gloria. Yeah. And we turned it over, looked on the back, and saw you were there. I'm like, they're part of the show. Holy crap! Yes. Okay, for anyone listening. That, just so you know, we're in LA. There's, yeah. There goes a there goes a medical chopper. It's 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 fading now. It's fading. Yeah, but going, that's all that, that's authenticity right there. Yeah. In case anyone's thinking they're in the living room yeah. somewhere in in, in Ojai, not doing anything. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. But yes. Yeah, so Satu uh, kind of introduced the both of us officially. Yeah. And uh, and then the the I guess the. Uh, communication relationship was born <laughs> yes yeah. yes and a good one yeah and this is actually our second interview with one of the cast members of uh queen goria because i've been harassing everybody to freaking check out and that we clip. will and josh we will get you more because oh, that's yeah. how we do we just kind of harass the other cast members and say hey get on this show oh yeah definitely hey as people as long as people <laughs> want to be a part of it yes, um, well, <laughs> the best place to start is beginning uh, tell us about yourself uh, where you came from school whatever you want the Weirdos of nowhere to no. <laughs> well, uh, okay, uh, weirdos of nowhere. Here's how it goes. Uh, no, I actually am from 
I am from originally from Utica, New York. Uh, for those who either know or don't know, Utica, New York is the birthplace of Annette Funicello. Uh, also, actress Robin Curtis, who played Savick in Star Trek's three and four, replacing uh, Kirstie Alley. Oh, yeah. For Star Trek fans out there, yeah. she's a Utica native. Uh, great guitarist Joe Bassomano. Is it Joe Bassomano? I think I said it was last I, I believe, yeah, you said Yes. Great uh, guitarist. He's from Utica. Yeah. And so am I. And uh, so uh, I, I'm originally from that area, upstate New York, and uh, I, I moved uh, in the late 70s, and I was like three or four, uh, with my family. Uh, my dad used to work, uh, was a logistics engineer for GE. There was a big plant in, in Utica, New York, and he got transferred to the one in Daytona Beach, Florida, uh, in the late 70s, and so my whole, you know, my family moved. And so I grew up. Uh, I grew up in Daytona Beach, Florida, um, around the whole uh, NASCAR uh, uh, atmosphere, and and so I grew up as a I, I was fortunate. I grew up as a beach town kid, and uh, went to Seabreeze High School, uh, which uh, is literally it's it's right on uh, A1A in Daytona, right across from the actual beach. So many many a times I would I would skip and go just walk right over to the beach. A lot of us right. that was that was a pleasure of that. Uh, so yeah, I uh, graduated. I went to high school. Graduated. I'm from the class of '94, so you can do the math how old I am. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I decided to. Uh, I was originally going to be uh, into like. Uh, visual arts and I did drawing and painting through high school and I got a, a, a scholarship to the uh, this uh, the International Fine Arts School in Miami because I was kind of more focused on art but I was also yeah. taking I, I loved acting and I did that in high school um, but my parents didn't think I was like ready to go off to a school especially anything in Miami is really expensive so yeah. they wanted me to go to a uh, community college or a state college first and then like eventually transfer yeah and uh, I, I, I kind of got pressured into that, but looking back, I, that was one of the greatest things because I auditioned for the, uh, the, uh, the drama department at uh, Daytona State College right out of high school, and I got, they gave me a, a, a scholarship because uh, the, the drama uh, uh, director uh, loved me. So, you know, that helped pay for community college uh, at the time, which yeah. wasn't too expensive. I'm just happy I'm not going to college now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, things have changed. And I'm doing the podcast life. <laughs> yeah. So I, uh, I, I did that, and then I transferred. I actually went to uh, college at uh, University of South Carolina, uh, uh, Aiken, in one of the branch campuses, which yeah. is uh, right there across the Savannah River uh, from Augusta, Georgia. So uh, I, I, I pretty much I grew, you know I grew up in the southeast. Yeah. Uh, but I, I people don't say well you don't sound southern. It's like well my family sounds midwestern because we're from upstate New York. My dad's from Maine. Yeah. You know so uh, um, so I, I did a lot of regional theater uh, in the southeast and then the northeast for a while and then eventually. Uh, around 2004, after doing sketch comedy in Orlando for a few years. Yeah. And, and, and doing uh, touring theater based out of Cincinnati, Ohio, and a bunch of other things. I finally, um, me and uh, three other guys I went to college with, uh, we decided to come out here and uh, in, in 2004, and I've been here ever since. And 
and so yeah, that's just I basically yeah, yeah I've been I've been doing either stand up, improv, or acting in some capacity uh, since I was uh, since I was sixteen. That's so awesome. I've been doing it. I, I pretty much just been my life for 21 years. So, so just do math. I just told you how old I am. Yeah, <laughs> I'm 37. People, you just you guessed it. Just yeah. Uh, yeah. But anyway, uh, so before we jump into the goes. world of Gory and everything, uh, the show is based on like kind of the convention uh, fan world. Yes. Um, do you consider yourself a nerd fanboy? Um, I. There's uh, a huge debate as far as what really a fanboy means because yeah. a lot of people will take offense to it. Um, and I, I, I would have to say I'm really a, I'm, I'm a really a geek at heart. Yeah. Um, I, I grew up. I, I love original series and Next Generation Star Trek. Yeah. Uh, and Deep Space Nine. Um, I've gone to uh, I, I've gone to many a convention. I've gone just as me. I've gone either promoting work that I've been in. I've gone as just a fan. Um, so I. I don't know who's the judge as far as like how hardcore I am, but yeah. I, I, I grew up in the geek culture. Uh, I, I write for independent comic books. Uh, I collected comic books since I was in elementary school. So uh, I, I, uh, I, I would I would consider myself a, a, a geek at heart, I guess, if you'd have to... That's to, it, man. Hey. To, to put it, you know. Yeah. And, and I, I, I appreciate the, the, the subculture of... of the fanboydom and and stuff because you know a lot of a lot of uh, major budgeted entertainment yeah. is built around is it built around that uh, <laughs> yeah it's built around that universe yeah. and so uh, uh, yeah I guess you know I'm 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 a I'm a moderate geek yeah at heart I guess if that you know I guess the next question uh, did you have any moments in your life where uh, you you either felt like you had to hide your geek flag or Keep it covered, or just wave it. Uh, just mean it's like far as someone I've saw and like, was like yeah. All right, I'll tell you. I was uh, promoting a comic book I wrote, and uh, I went to Comic Con 2010. Yeah. And I, okay, here's one of my big geek things. Um, since this show has ended, I could give two craps about NBC. I think NBC has the worst programming. Yeah, they've got, they had 30 Rock and, and Office. Those are done. Yeah. And the, the only thing I feel that is keeping that network afloat is Parks and Recreation Very and true. Community. And they've talked about canceling Community. Whatever. They just got renewed. Think, well, they're going to put it on Friday nights and they're going to float it is what they're uh, going to do. Actually, the uh, last thing I heard, they might be keeping it on Thursdays. Since, well, I, they need uh, to. Yeah, they need it's to. A, I, I'm, a, I'm watching you, NBC. It's a, it's a Thursday show. Yeah, but NBC is not what it used to be. Oh, big time. Yeah. Um, my point being is, I loved Chuck. I am a Chuck fanatic. I, I love that show. Yeah. It did, it did weaken in the last couple of seasons, but I think there was so much pressure to wrap stuff up because NBC would never give them as far like a, a clear answer yeah, as whether exactly. they're going to go. But I think they, it was a great show. Um, and and uh, and I love it, but there was a uh, and I guess this was in the beginning of season three. I'm trying to do the math in my head, um, but it was summer 2010, and uh, there was a martini bar right outside, just a few blocks away from the convention center. It was like on a it was like on a Friday night they were doing it. And it was like a, a it was a Chuck tweet party. You could only find out where it was if you follow Twitter. And me and my. Uh, 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 my my comic artist uh, Guy Lemay and Guy's done work with Image Comics and Viper and stuff, and we uh, we've done tons of titles for Atomic Basement and Strong Guy Comics. Uh, Guy and, uh, and myself and, and and Guy's wife Tammy, we went to this Chuck party, and the three of us were like 
diehard uh, diehard Chuck fans. Yeah. And Zachary Levi was there. Oh, I don't know if Adam Baldwin was there, but it was uh, it was Zachary Levi, um, uh, Vic uh, I think Vic Sahi and I think it's Scott uh, Krasinski, yeah, who play Jeff and Lester. They're Jeffster, yeah, and they were just hanging out with people, and I geeked out with I I, I saw Zachary Levi go hey, great. but I saw I saw Jeffster and I geeked out. Oh. I geeked out a little. I was like oh my god, oh, that's cool, and. Uh, so we took some pictures together, yeah. and they, they this embodiment of their of their characters on the show. But I was had a big, you know, I had a big shit eating grin on my face. Oh yeah. Man. So I'm taking pictures with them, and that, and uh, like and guy and his wife were kind of giving me a hard time. He's like, yeah. I, out of of all the characters, you just so geeked out, Jester. I was like, I know that's weird, <laughs> but I you know I love the show, and that was just. Uh, you know that was fun, and I think uh, when we were having lunch before the interview started, I was telling you back uh, I saw uh, at Howl the Moon Cafe or Howl the Moon the piano bar there yeah. at uh, Universal City Walk, and this is back in 2004. Yeah. Uh, right when Kill Bill 2 came out, I saw David Carradine in a white leisure suit with two very attractive women that looks like were you know escorts yeah. or whatever. I don't know. Um, totally drunk off his ass, and he was doing roundhouses kicks in the air, and yeah. he just. And I geeked out with that because it's like I'll, I will never see a moment like this again. Oh, and yeah. sadly, I didn't see a moment like that again. Yeah. But I just I remember that those were two moments, yeah. you know, and completely on the opposite ends of oh, the yeah. fan, you know, moments. But I geeked out at those moments. Oh, yeah. And so I don't geek out a lot, but oh, yeah. I, I have weird moments where it's just where something hits me. It's like that's my geek moment. Oh, yeah. I am so excited to see that. Oh, so yeah. I had one of those. Uh, I, I mentioned on a past podcast where. Me and a couple friends, we went to L.A. to the Laugh Factory, and David Tell was performing. And they announced afterwards that they were doing an after party because it was one of Atomic's birthday. At the end of the night, we were out on the patio hanging out with David Tell. That's awesome. Yeah. That's and, of awesome. course, I was in Drinker back then, so I'm sitting there with a bottle of water. And this bottle of water is shaped weird. It's one of those L.A. freaking glass cylinders of water. Yeah, yeah. And I went to use the restroom. I come back out, and my friend leans over and goes, uh, Dave asked who brought the sex toy and pointed out my bottle of water. I'm like, so I'm done with that water. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't touching that damn thing. But, yeah, that was a total geek moment on my side. So yeah. you have them at the drop of a hat sometimes. You do. I, and I think uh, one more I had, this was several years ago. My sister and I, um, my sister lives in uh, Jacksonville, Florida. Uh we went to see uh, Tommy Davidson do stand-up at, yeah. at, uh, at like the, some comedy lounge in, uh, in Jacksonville. And Tommy Davidson, he used to be on In Loving Color in the 90s, for people who don't remember. Um, this, was, this was years ago, but this is right before, right after the second Ace Ventura movie came out. Oh, yeah. And he played the little the, African yeah. tribesman that was like the backpack and act, you know, acting all crazy. And, yeah. and uh, he is such a wonderfully nice guy. He's so sweet. And I remember um, we kind of almost came in late to his set when he started, but he was holding the door open for other people. And he's like, no, no, come on. He was just really friendly. Yeah. And he did a gr- he did all these impressions. He did like almost, it seemed like two hours set. He just went off and off yeah. and off. And just, and at the end, he was at the door, and he was like, everyone, and it seemed like there was a hundred or something people packed in this club. Yeah. He was at the door just shaking hands with everyone. Hey, thanks for coming, and just just so personable and nice. Yeah. And um, and I remember going up to him, and he, 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 he approached my sister and I, and he was like, I'm so glad that you, that you two... I didn't think you were going to make it. He's like, I. Uh, he goes, I'm, I'm glad you were able to see the whole show, and, and thank you so much for coming. 
and I was just so so shocked at his night. I stuck my hand out and shaking his hand. I was like, wow. I was like, you know, in living color and everything. I just want you to know that you're a huge fan of mine. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I said. You're a huge. I just. I meant to say I'm a huge fan of yours. Yeah. But um, oh, oh, LA. All oh, the uh, the police are they coming after me? To, oh, it was like an affrontery for Tommy Davidson for saying the wrong thing. Yeah. Yes. You can tell we're in LA with the uh, with the sounds. Notice this but, time, no crying baby though. Yeah. No crying baby. No crying baby. Um, so that was another geek moment. And when we walked, my sister was like, "Did you just say that he was a fan of yours?" And uh, I, it. I, I was like, yes, yes, I said that. And uh, so just one of my, that's another geek moment. Oh, I'm a total stand-up geek, so. There, there you go. Enough about that. Um, okay, enough. The, the, Everyone has a geek moment, okay? Yeah. So no one brag about it, yeah. okay? It's something to like, keep talking about, even yeah. though I've brought up three of them now. Well, we could do like four up. We could do four, that. and then we that would be boring for the rest of you. Yeah, everyone will gonna, still listen. It, well, listen. all right. You got to live the geek uh, dream, though, uh, becoming yes. a voice for Red Dead Redemption. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm a... I'm a voice actor, and uh, I was in 2010's uh, Rockstar Games Red Dead Redemption. Yeah. And uh, I was uh, I was a voice and did motion capture for the villain Bill Williamson. And uh, it, it was a lot of fun. Um, I also uh, I, I, I'm also uh, not not hardcore, but I'm a moderate gamer, and I have played Red Dead a few couple times. So um, I'm, I'm one of I'm one of the few people who were in the game that actually played it, and and, <laughs> and it was fun. I, 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 it was probably one of the coolest video game experiences. Uh, not just because I was in it, but just just for playing it. Yeah, it's so expansive, and there's so many things that you could do, and just kind of go off on side missions and just yeah. do awesome things. Yeah, and it's so, an open world on that game. Uh, extremely open. Yeah. And every time they did, did an expansion thing, it would just open more yeah. and more. So yeah, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. It was very cool. Yeah, how'd you get involved in that project? I uh, my my agent, and this was. Uh, this was in two. This is December two thousand eight. It was like a week and a half before Christmas, and it was a really chilly, rainy night. And and, and uh, I was uh, uh, coming back from Studio City from another performing gig I had, and my my cell phone rings, and it's my agent. And it's like, hey, can you? I just got this last minute audition, and it's all the way over in Santa Monica, and can you make it? And it was like rain's coming down. I'm like, well. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, yeah, I'll go to an audition. Audition's but, an audition. <laughs> exactly. So, I drove in the in the rain. We all did because you know, like, there's been other guys in the video game that they've been asked. It's like, well, how did the, uh, you know, how did the audition go? It's like, well, it was like a week and a half before Christmas. And it was a rainy night, and it's like we all, it's like we were all summoned through this storm to come to this audition thing. It's like you know, um, but I got there and it was packed in there uh, at this. Uh, uh, casting office, and you go upstairs, and there's several like little rooms in the hallway across from each other, and uh, uh, there was one room that just had all these scripts because they had, you know, there's so many different characters in a rock star game. Yeah. Uh, you know, rarely do they get someone to do like it, they can still get someone maybe to do multiple voices, but you will find. 700 different characters total in each Rockstar oh. game where it's a different performer each one and that's what makes the game so great because it's like you you, you it's really a universe. it's a universe and so uh, I was thinking well, I, I didn't know what was going on because I didn't know it was a Rockstar game it just yeah. was it just was for a video game uh, and, and that's all I knew and when I got there I'm reading the script and then it's like well this is a western game I'm like oh this is really cool and so um, <clears throat> we go in and, and, and the 
the guy running the there was this gentleman running the camera, and there were these fold-out tables, and they were filled with props. And he's like, I, I, I want you to read this, but I want you to have fun. He's like, run around, be creative. Uh, if you if you take any prop, any costume piece, put it on, have take take a couple minutes if you want to really get in the character and do this. And they were really letting every auditioner take his and her time, and I and, and using props and costume pieces. And I was like, this is so unorthodox compared to a original uh, what's a typical Los Angeles audition yeah and I was thinking to myself I haven't auditioned or been allowed to audition with a cost a costume piece or prop piece since like my first second year of college yeah so I, I was like this is yeah, this is wow um, so I would I threw stuff on and I just did what they said and it kept me in there for a good five six minutes yeah and um, it was fun, but I had no idea what was. I had no idea what was going on. They just wanted to, re, you know, read for this, read for this bad guy part. You're a, yeah. you're an outlaw, and that's all I knew. And I read it, and they were like, good, 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 and uh, okay. Well, um, thanks. You did a good job, and they, well, and then I didn't hear anything. And then uh, I I went back to Florida for Christmas. This family, like two three weeks went by. Came back. It was like a week or two after New Year's, yeah. and I never heard anything. So I figured, I was like, well, if I, you know, I didn't get it or I, something, you know, whatever. And, uh, and so then, uh, so yeah, it's like two weeks into January and then my cell phone calls and it's my agent. And he's like, hey, remember that thing a couple weeks before Christmas you did that, that video game? I was like, oh yeah. I, like, I had literally forgotten yeah. about it. He goes, well, you, you, you booked it. You, you booked the bad guy role. And I was like, "You're like really?" <laughs> Without no callback, I was like, "You're shitting me." He's like, "No, you you booked it." And right. then we started, and so that was that was January of uh, the first couple of weeks of January uh, of uh, 2000, 2009. And he said that, and then like the next day, I got a call from Rockstar Games, and then like the day after that, I was in the studio recording. Awesome. It would happen that quick. So Rockstar is, is known for being so mysterious and yeah. not giving out information. And then it's like, oh, yeah, we're ready to go boom. Yeah. It's like, okay, you know, running along with them. Yeah. So uh, it was a, it was a really fun uh, it was a really fun experience. Yeah. Um, I, I, I had, uh, uh, you know, doing the, the in the motion capture suit with the little Velcro ping pong balls. And yeah. it just, it's, it's, it's really freaky, but it's a lot of fun. And, and it just I had, a, I had a great time working on that. That is awesome. That, like I said, that's a gamer's dream to be like, hey, you get to be a villain in this game, huh? <laughs> oh yeah, no, it really was because it was like, I, and I, I was like, I'll, I'll play this, yeah. you know, because I remember when we were filming, and I was, you know, some of the other actors were, you know, like, talking in between, like we're rather on the craft service table, and yeah. one of the tech guys is like, you guys ever play video games? And one of the guys, you know, the older actors playing it, he's like, no, 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 yeah. no my, my kids do, I don't know, yeah. you know, and it's like, well, what about you? And it's like, yeah, I, I said, I'll. I'll play this. Yeah, exactly. And so we're talking about good because we're writing this scene and blah, blah, blah. I was like, really? I was like, oh, I'll play the hell out of, you know, yeah, that's exactly. We'll get the side mission where you get to skin a bear and do blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, sure. It's like, so it's like, it's like you're, you know, because some of the people, they, uh, and everyone was so professional on that set and just great, um, great talent. Uh, Rob Weedoff, who played John Marston. Yeah. Um, really, really top notch guy. Uh, he was fun. Uh, uh, Brad Carter and, and uh, Frank Noon, who played the deputies, uh, Jonah and Eli, they were a lot of fun. 
Um, I'm really good friends with uh, Kay Harrison Sweeney, who played uh, Irish in the game. And uh, he is just as full of debauchery as the character of Irish, if not more so. So (laughs) it's it's really cool uh, getting to... to meet with everybody and, and, yeah. and, and see the different backgrounds. But I, I was one person, and I'm sure I'm not the only one, but I, I, out of the group that I filmed with, I was like, I, was like, I, I, I actually, you know. Yeah, I'll play this. <laughs> I'll play this, yeah. And they're like, oh, you know, that's great, yeah. you know. So, uh, yeah, it, again, it was, uh, uh, it, it was fun. I learned a lot. And uh, when I played the game, I think I spent hours on end just hunting animals and, and, and and skinning. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's, you know, there's someone on the side of the road. It's like, oh, help me. Oh, I'll get off my horse. All of a sudden, a bear comes out of nowhere and it's like claws me. It's like, oh, that's great. Well, I got to kill a bear now. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. No, it was it was, uh, it was very cool. That's cool, man. Um, I asked this question kind of uh, during the days of the Dead Convention to, like, Sid Haig and uh, Heather Lannikamp. And with your uh, history in gaming, with your part in Red Dead Redemption, yeah. I'm going to pose this one to you. What do you think about people that uh, blame the violence you see in everyday life and the stuff you read, unfortunately read in headlines, they blame the, that violence on uh, video games and uh, movies and everything like that. Oh boy, we're getting political now. Yeah, um, trust yeah, me, this yeah. is the far from political show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, well, no, it, it's, a really, it's a really good question. Um, I think that as a responsible parent, I don't have any children. Yeah. If I had young children, they would not be allowed to play any type of rock star game. Those are those are just very violent games. Yeah. If I had a kid that uh, a child, uh, a son, I'll say 15, 16, I wouldn't. You know, I would keep an eye on it, but they're going to be. You know, once they go to school, they're exposed to things that I have no control over. Yeah, um, I can talk to them about it if I were to see. Uh, odd behavior, uh, aggressive behavior, frustrating behavior uh, uh, from a kid that was playing games, I was like, you know, you need to settle down. I don't like this. I want you to stop. And that's just, uh, you know, uh, I think that would just be the, 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 that would just, I think it comes down to really good parenting. Yeah. Um, As far as cases with all, you know, things that have happened with mass shootings and acts of violence, especially in the last year, these very sad, tragic, unfortunate events. Um, I think something needs to be done about them. Yeah. Um, I don't. You know, people would want to bl- seem to to place blame on violent movies and violent video games and whatnot. Uh, and yes, they're uh, they're out there. And I think that as a parent, it's up to you to monitor what you feel comfortable or you feel uncomfortable yeah. letting your son or daughter watch. Yeah. Um, I, I, I honestly think uh, as far as... Uh, and, and I'm not completely anti-gun, but I, I, you know, I don't see why you need this huge military-style semi-automatic gun to go hunting a bear. Yeah. Um, if you want to have a high-powered rifle, a handgun or shotgun, um, that's your right. And I know a lot of gun owners who have collections of guns, but they're the most responsible gun owners you could possibly meet. And I don't think they should be punished either. But um, to be honest, I, I, in my opinion, I think that the, the gun problem in this country uh, has to do... Uh, 
has to do less. I think it has to do with the with the with the violence that that is overall witnessed in our society. But I don't think you can just pin it on on video games yeah. because if if you try to just hone in and 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 and, and ban video games or try to stop one thing, someone who's disturbed is going to seek that out in an, in, an, in another uh, in another realm. In another avenue, and um, uh, you know, I, I there are warnings on adult games. Um, I think what you need to do. I think adults need to pay more attention to their kids and be better parents. And if you see it, don't be passive on that. Be a parent and say, I don't want you playing this. And do and not just say it. If you're uncomfortable, be a parent, discipline your kid. And, and do something about it because the generation I came up with um, I know that uh, when I was like 8, 9, 10 and if I was playing old ColecoVision and I'm playing Donkey Kong and I would have a fit my mom would take the game away and say go play outside Yeah. and, and no parent does it and that's what I did it's just, she's like you played enough go outside go do something outside you know, go call a friend up. Go play basketball. You've, you've spent enough time in the house. Yeah. Worked for me. I turned out okay. Yeah. So, I don't think enough parents are doing that. Yeah. You know, get you know, get off your tuchus and raise your kid and discipline. Yeah. Well, yeah. I just I I I, I it, it has to come down with it has to come down with action. Parenting, yeah. And be you know and just don't be a passive lazy parent. Oh, it's yeah. parenting is work. Oh yeah. But if you if you get in the good habit of it. It's 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 better to start early and and you know I'm not saying you know it's nothing to be an iron fist Nazi of a parent. It yeah. just has to you know my my parents are very loving, but when when the hammer dropped, the hammer dropped, and then you dealt with it and you moved on. And when you're a kid, you get over that stuff. No, you exactly. thank your parents for being good parents. Exactly. So I I wouldn't um I don't think you can really it, it's I, I I just don't feel like you can you can. Uh, blame like certain industries um there's 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 always going to be stuff on there you, you could ban your kids from having video games and stuff but you an adult like to watch cnn or msnbc and it could, could be flipping and the stuff they show online now and i'm not talking about like a kid finding pornography or stuff any day like news headlines the graphic stuff they show now yeah. it's like we're, we're going to warn you that they show more graphic stuff all the time so violence is always going to be there yeah, exactly it's always going to be there and it's going to pick any avenue that it can that you'll find it at yeah it, it's how it's 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 how it's absorbed exactly you know so yeah but i'm not for banning you know i i I'm looking for more video game work, and if, if, if I play guy and I've got like ten machine guns, yeah, I want that job. So, yeah, exactly. wanna, you know, but if if you're a parent, and you've got a kid, you're worried about playing that game. If your kid's not going to buy my game because he's too young, I completely, you know, so, I'm yeah, an adult, yeah. so I understand. I understand yeah. that. But hey, thumbs up, good parenting. Exactly. So okay, there I, you go. Uh, to get off the political on ramp and get off of there, uh, let's enter the world of Queen Goria. All right, let's do it. We're there. Yes. Um, how did you get involved in the project? I don't remember. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, I do. Um, I, this was like end of, end of January this year? I think January. So uh, uh, my manager called me and uh, uh, said, I, I got this audition for the, uh, their, the pilot called Queen Goria, and they, they want you to audition for this character as Terry. And... Uh, 
Uh, again, it was raining. It was no, it's kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was. Uh, it, it was like I think it was a. Uh, it was a daytime audition. I I went. Um, I auditioned. Uh, I auditioned for Satu herself, and uh, she was really uh, awesome about it. And uh, I, she really liked what she saw. And then, like another week or so, I got called back to the same place for an evening audition. And uh, she was like, you know, it, it's between it's between you and someone else. But I, I, I'm gonna be honest with you, I really like you. And I'm like, oh, that's that's great. This is you know. And yeah. we started. Talk, we just started talking. We like spent an extra fifteen minutes just sitting here talking about ideas. Next thing I know, it's like well, she's already communicating. Like I've got the job, and it was, it was kind of weird. It's like I hope I'm not being too forward. And uh, and then I went home. And then like early the next morning, she called and she goes, it, "It's yeah, it's official. You you you're, you've got it." Oh, that's awesome. So it's just one of those things where um, we just Satu and I just like really really gelled off. Yeah. The, it's like boom, and uh, we we. Uh, and then, like around, I think it was end of February that we actually it took uh, over a, like a two-day period. We filmed uh, the pilot, which is online now, which is it's like nine yeah. and a half minutes. Yeah. And uh, and we hit the uh, convention uh, circuit. And it's been great. It's like Satu and I become really close friends, and uh, that's awesome. And so it's just it's one of the things where it just everything about it came together so happily and easily and we just everyone gelled and had a good chemistry yeah and and this is like it's really become a, a labor of love for all of us because everyone involved is we're you know everyone's taken uh, different avenues of, of, of self hustling and, and and responsibility through it we're, we're we're trying to push this as far as it can go you know and we're very proud of the work we did oh you guys have a lot to be proud of because that, as soon as I first watched the clip mm-hmm. that opening segment the black and white where it's the beginning of the macabre show yeah stood out a lot to me because it shows what kind of humor you're gonna get with the show what yeah what you're in store for and within those first couple moments I'm like I'm hooked okay yeah no uh, it, it, it's uh, people that I've showed the pilot to um, have really enjoyed it because they're like I didn't know what to expect but this this looks like something I would I, I want to see what I really like these characters I want to see what happens oh yeah next and so it's it's got that uh, you know, it's it's not too it's not too complicated. You know, we had a uh, uh, we had a certain budget to work on that that pilot. Um, everyone everyone gave their all, and it's just something that um, you know we're going to see what we're going to see what happens to it. I mean, we're talking to different uh, we're talking to different media companies now. We're going to see where we can uh, you know setting up meetings and stuff, and 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 see where we can take it. Yeah, and uh, and, and we're just constantly. Uh, you know, con- constantly promoting the product, yeah. and you know, and we're very proud of it. It was a lot of fun. Well, it's like I told Tattoo during our interview. It's like if you guys ever have a show afterwards, kind of a Talking Dead esque dibs on hosting. Yes, no, no. <laughs> Listen, we don't have any, uh, we don't have any problem with that. Yeah. Uh, if it gets, if it, if it gets that, uh, if it gets that big, yeah. we'll. Uh, but we, we're we're brainstorming on 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 tons of ideas. Yeah. Um, and we're just we're. There's a lot of waiting in this business, so oh, it's yeah. kind of like you sit with your hand on your your hand on your face, you're like, oh, when's you know? Oh, you hear back. <laughs> you hear back. Um, and sometimes you don't. You, you can't always just sit around waiting to hear. Sometimes you exactly. just gotta be proactive. And it's like, okay, if that's if this is pressure cooking over here, and 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 that's gotta sit for a while. Let's we're gonna work on this avenue. We're gonna try this. Exactly. The convention's coming up. We're gonna hit that. Yeah. Um, and and I'll tell you the convention exposure because we hit. Th- Three weekends in a row, we did uh, we did WonderCon. Yeah. It's all in April. We did WonderCon, 
next weekend went right to uh, Days of the Dead, yeah. and then right after that in Burbank at Monster Palooza. Just yeah. three weekends in a row, and we were just like, oh, good Lord. Yeah. But each weekend, we got motivated to do it, and we were like, oh, I'm so glad we decided to do this. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then after Monster Palooza, we had a break, and then that weekend, you know, we called each other up, and it's like, can you believe we're not at a convention? <laughs> it's like, I don't, I'm pretty tired. I need a break. It's yeah. like, okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, I know that uh, we're going to be going to uh, Comic Con. Cam is a big one. Oh yeah. Uh, so we'll we're, be... we're hoping to be getting there, but I'm uh, not exactly holding my breath on that one. But we're going to be next year. I it's believe. so. I'll tell you what. It's getting harder, and I, I feel bad because I get to. I've been going as a professional since 2010, yeah. and I get passes for both like, uh, you know, uh, WonderCon, uh, Com, and Comic Con, and I know people who are just going as regular patrons and yeah. stuff and the arm and the leg they have to pay to get yeah. there and you're not even guaranteed a ticket yeah and it's getting harder for professionals too because it's like there's so many people wanting to go yeah you, you've got like it's a saturday morning on and at 10 28 a.m is when they'll they open online so you can click and and sign up for your professional badge or whatever yeah. and then 20 minutes later that window closes uh, it's like, well, did you did you want to get a free guest pass? Like, oh, the window closed. Now you got to pay one hundred seventy five dollars. Yeah. So it's like, oh my god, you've you've literally got to like put your coffee down and yeah. be in front of your computer and just like time it out perfectly to make it. And uh, that that's kind of crazy to me. Yeah, and it's just like, geez, but you it know, happens. I only participate in the system. I don't run it. Yeah, exactly. I don't run it yet. So um, we'll see. I guess the next question would be, uh, what paths did you take in the development of Terry the Wolfman? He's very highbrow. Um, I won't say hoity-toity, but the uh, you, you, when sometimes when developing characters, you borrow. Yeah. And and, and, and uh, thinking about him, I, I was like, who could I borrow from as far as like to make this um, his character? And 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 basically, um, I <laughs> I said, what would it be like if? I basically said, "What if, what if Fraser Crane, Kelsey Grammer, was a werewolf? He'd be very prim." And I didn't want to do it, but I, I, I but he's in my head when I'm when I'm when I'm thinking about uh, when I'm thinking about Terry. Yeah. Well, technically, I guess if 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 Fraser was a werewolf, it would be Beast from Maximum Last Stand. Yeah. Technically. Yeah. But I'm not doing Beast from you know. I, I, I look. If anything, I look more like Michael J. Fox in Teen Wolf. But uh, I don't know. It's just it's it's I, I it, there's a there's some uh, highbrow esque. Uh, uh, I'm I'm I guess part of me is borrowing a little from uh, like the uh, a very uh, educated air of like John Lithgow. I I, I think of uh, Kelsey Grammer. Yeah. Um, but he's uh, he enjoys he enjoys what he he enjoys what he does. Uh, he is a. Uh, He's actually a former missionary. He's a former priest who is converted uh, to uh, uh, who, who is actually st- has studied film and and uh, like not only like noir film and foreign film, but also like the uh, the history of, of like thriller movies and, and hor- the horror genre. And so he's he uh, has a rich etiquette in yeah. all of it. Uh, but he he. Uh, he never he never looks at it. Uh, I guess the reasons why he agrees to do, he has a bond, a special kind of bond with with uh, with Queen Gloria. Yeah. But he doesn't look you know he doesn't necessarily look down on the horror hosting thing. Is like he's he's looking like oh I should be doing this. Yeah. 
he finds him. I, I feel like he finds himself highbrow. Yeah. And kind of looks down. And is like mm, horror hosting. I think horror hosting could be better. So yeah. instead of me feeling too great and looking down at it, yeah. I'm going to reach down and pick this up and, and lift this like eight times higher a caliber that I think it should be. And sometimes he takes it. You know, he'll they'll do an episode and he'll ramble on like like it's you know. You know, like El- it's Elvira and James Lipton, yeah. where it's like it's like it's like you know, go down a few levels. You're you're confusing everyone. Oh yeah, exactly. So it's it's yeah, it'd be like imagine El- if Elvira had James Lipton as a co-host, and That's Elvira's like yeah. like constantly in the gutter, wink, wink, boobs, yeah. wink, wink. And it's like, well, I'd like to talk about the you know, and it's just kind of one of those things that I, I kind of look at that analogy. Yeah. So you wouldn't think the two universes would meet yet. Yeah. Yet they coexist. They mesh really well, and and that's where the popularity of the show comes in. Of course, our show really takes place ten years later when things have died down, yeah. and and they're hitting the convention circuit. Yeah. And uh, I think that's where Terry feels insulted because deep down he loved the show. Yeah, but it's he feels he shouldn't have to try so hard and dig in the trenches to get people it's like yeah. you know I'll do conventions but it'd be nice if we got recognized more because yeah. here's the show we did and yeah. this should have been fine enough yeah. we were you know we were eons uh, you know we were dwarfing the intelligence of every other horror host out there he's yeah. like this this is this was the real meat and potatoes I can't how dare you not watch us we were great yeah and I think that's where Terry's Avenue how he looks at it comes from so that's kind of that's yeah. part of the way I I I take it, and I know that as we, uh, I know as Satu and Andrew Harrison, who who created uh, Queen Gory, as as they uh, are kind of writing uh, preliminary writing for, uh, you know, to fill out the season, they've got a lot of cool things in store, and there and there's characters that they plan on introducing that you haven't even met in that yeah. first pilot. So we've got, um, from what's been discussed with me, we've got a really great concept, and yeah. and and. I, I want to see where all the characters go because eventually everyone kind of interacts and intertwines. Yeah, and it just uh, creates a, a like a better dynamic. Yeah, I've lost count of how many times I've watched that nine minute gap, and then <laughs> I'm like, just, I want more. I'm like, I want more of the show. Come on. That's <laughs> reason. Like, whenever uh, these interviews have came up, I'm like, I'm there. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah. No. No. Yeah. Um, the makeup for Terry is kind of a seems like it'd be a process. What what kind of process do you go with it? Where did you kind of think of? were to take the actual look of Terry. It, 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 I, I mean, this is all, you're just hearing our voices, but as, as Josh is sitting across from me, he notices that I've got, now you'll, you, if, you're, if you've watched the pilot, people of Nowhere California out there, you, you've seen me, I've got a big beard and long hair. Now my beard's a little shorter, my hair is a, actually significantly shorter than when I filmed the pilot, but I've got this big burly beard thing you know and I'm six foot three and I'm a I'm a big hairy guy so I really didn't have to do too much uh, it's like I already got the built-in look it had to do with just like gelling and and fooping the hair um, what I did do because uh, there's two different ways to style my hair there was like the early uh, year Terry when he's actually yeah. on the show and then uh, convention Terry the hair's different yeah but uh, the early one I watched the X-Men movies and like I watched Beast from Last Stand how the hair and then uh, Hugh Jackman's the 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 coif or whatever the, the Wolverine yeah and I kind of styled my hair like that just yeah. because the gel that I had I bought at the store yeah worked I was like okay I'm gonna do this and I combed the back and I so I, I kind of got this faux Wolverine-ish not a complete ripoff but kind of yeah. like that um an homage <laughs> yeah we got we got uh, we got like rubber ears 
the, they're not even latex. They were they were rubber. So I had I got tons of spirit gum on them to get them in. Um, I just went and got basic uh, face paint uh, or, or uh, makeup just for the darker uh, brownish tone. Yeah. And uh, and and uh, the the. The hands, the glove that Satu found yeah. at a costume shop here in Hollywood, and we got, we basically went to a costume shop in Hollywood, got that stuff, and then everything else was just my natural beard. I mean, yeah. it just looked, you know, I, people tell me that I look like a wolf man without, you know, just as I am right now. So yeah. it's like, oh, we'll just, we'll just accent it, and uh, you know, we're saving money. I do it practical. Yeah, he practical, and yeah. uh, so uh, putting it all once we had everything, I can. Uh, what, what really is hard is is just like getting make sure there's no of uh, my regular skin tone coming through on the on the on my face with the makeup. Yeah. So I could I can get ready and I'd say 20 25 minutes if not sooner. Well, wow, that's good. And probably so, the times you guys have been at the convention it's kind of uh, giving you the opportunity to practice in the field. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, I think I I think I've done it in 15, but yeah. if I've got the extra 10 minutes then I'm like redoing the hair and it's like, well, I'm going to put more gel in and kind of do it a second time just to get it extra stiff, but I can I can do it in 15 20 minutes. It's oh, not that cool. yeah, it's not that hard. Yeah. Uh, we talked about the casting crew uh, Satu and the creator Andrew. Yes, Andrew yeah. Harrison. Yeah. Um, how has it been working with the whole casting crew during this time? They were um you know, they were really, really good. Um, everyone was so uh, friendly and excited uh, to to be working. We had a we had a lot of fun. It's like we, we I can't remember the number of takes we did on each of those scenes. Yeah. But we would have you know we would just to keep it fresh. Uh, and everyone pretty much stuck to the script. Uh, but Andrew and Satu would allow. Is like okay, we need you to get these lines in, but this little buffer of this scene while you're doing this. Uh, keep this open for improv. If you want to improv yeah. something, that as long as it goes along with what we're doing, have at it. And we would try different things, and not just so improv with uh, lines. Yeah. Sometimes we'd stick to the script, and it's more of a physical improv. It's like maybe I'm moving something off the table and making a, a slight gesture with it, or something. You know, we we basically just had a lot of fun, um, and uh, everyone was uh, really supportive and believed in what we were doing. And, and while we're filming it, we were thinking, we're like, you know, I. I enjoy not just filming this, but I think this is going to be a really unique show. I mean, whether we decide, you know, it ends up being a web series, if we can go and, and sell it as a half-hour um, half comedy show. Like, either way, it's very, you could sit down and feel refreshed from watching, uh, watching it. You know, you don't, you, no one, there's a part I really got bored with. Yeah. And uh, and so filming with everyone was really uh, uh, good. Uh, Haley Hudson, who plays Jane, she's yeah. done a she's done a lot of stuff with Disney over the years. Uh, she played Lindsay Lohan's best friend in uh, Freaky Friday. Um, she's done she's done tons of work, and she was like one of you know she's very quiet, but uh, she she was a lot of fun. And once she opens up, and and uh, you know she totally. Uh, uh, totally gets in the in the groove with stuff. Uh, you know, Satu, Satu's like I said, Satu and I become really good, really good friends. Uh, Dan Evans, who played uh, uh, Dorian. Dorian, yeah, Dorian. Um, him and uh, uh, J.R. Cruz, who played Steve. Uh, they, they basically, they, they were really good at improv. Yeah, they're uh, back and forth. As yeah, no, it's that. just like everyone really had. Uh, <coughs> excuse me, everyone had, really had a good time. And I just, you know, we we all look forward to working with uh, one another again. Yeah, that's that's awesome. <coughs> um, 
And I guess to wrap up the Corey portion of this, is, yeah. uh, what, what are your hopes, what are your goals for the show? I know network and like to find a home for it, but well, what, are, what are your further goals for it? Well, uh, yeah, we right now it seems like it, it, all our energy is going to find a home in Atlanta, and I believe that we've got a good enough product, uh, Josh, that we will find a home with yeah. it, and that's something we'd I like definitely to, agree with that. We'd like to do in the in the in the calendar year. Um, maybe to answer your question better is like what what I would like to uh, see. I, I I think that if we if we can do this on a homegrown level, meaning if it's something that we do exclusively for online content, there's a good chance that, uh, and I know Satu and Andrew look at this as a big plus. It's something where, as far as creative control, yeah, probably more likely they'd, they'd have they'd have more of it. Um, but I think that what's cool is like I I know that. Uh, me as an actor and Satu as uh, you know as the star of the show but also as uh, uh, director and, and, and co-creator and we've got ideas as far as like people we know here in town who've done great character work that we know through connections that we think would be great is like I think we could get this person to guest yeah. on the show or I think we could get this person to do music for an episode yeah. and, and really and so I think it's uh, what's exciting is not uh, you know once the show gets picked up in whatever capacity that yeah. may be is where we can really start having uh, you know creative creative fun with it yeah. and and, uh, and maybe being able to pull certain people in there's certain avenues that we can we can go with it either like doing a humorous way to have a tie-in for it's for marketing whether we have a certain product on the show and that's yeah. all up to satu and andrew but yeah. there, there's 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 really cool possibilities with um you know really aim, you know really going through the the geek crowd and, yeah. and maybe getting a co-star that has a good uh, niche in the geek community um and and so we uh you know that's what we're you know that's what we're the hopes. Yeah, yeah, I mean that are my hopes with it, yeah. and then uh, but I I don't think I'm going too far by saying that I think that that's what we're looking at. Just creating something that's so unique that we really had a hand in. Yeah. That says like you when you guys did you know whoever looking back at it would say oh Queen Gloria when you guys did that you really went your own own road with it. Yeah. And, and since then others are trying to do what you guys done. Yeah. And everyone you know. To have a true original idea is so hard because everything is borrowed, and that's fine. Exactly. That's how yeah. the art. That's how it goes. Yeah. Nothing. Honestly, in art, nothing's really original. Yeah. The, the idea is if you're going to borrow it, that's perfectly fine. Yeah. But find the right avenue and unique way to put a twist on it. And yeah. I think, I, and I almost know that we can do that. Yeah. And, and, and it, it's it's time like you're taking right now, podcasts like this, and, yeah. and meeting people Hi. at conventions. Yeah. Where that's that's such a great this way because. Uh, for, for the grassroots effort we're getting to try to put money in and fund this yeah. there's no better way than hitting the convention circuit and and, 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 and and really finding out what the people want because you go to a convention and they'll tell you oh, yeah. you know you know a true heart uh, a fanboy or geek does not mince words oh, no, even no. if it's like biting it's like here's what we want here's the money I got and this is what I want to see yeah you know and, and, and sometimes it can be too much but other times it's like if, if you're starting to mold the product and they're looking you in the eye and they're telling you what they want. Then yeah. give them what they, you know, try to give them what they want because that's your audience right there. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the nasty poo-poo business of it. Yeah, of, of the, of the There's always the business. There's always the business. Yeah. Um, I guess that's basically it. Uh, 
do you have any uh, websites or any uh, upcoming projects you want to kind of throw out there for the listeners to be able to sure. track you um, down? I, if, if uh, people will check out uh, strongguycomics.com, uh, that is the uh, comic company that I write for, yeah. uh, founded by uh, comic artist Guy LeMay. Guy's uh, worked on uh, Image Comics, uh, the series Dead at 17. He's worked with Viper Comics on uh, tons of titles, uh, Devil's Due Comics, Atomic Basement. Um, really fine artist. Uh, him and I have a, a, a new book on Strong Guy Comics uh, coming out, I would say by July, and it's called Reclaim. And the best way to describe it, it's it's like an adult version of Pixar's Wally. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> but really adult. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't rip off from Wally. Yeah. I'm saying there is no original ideas, yeah. we just said. Yeah. But when you're borrowing. Yeah. And um, that sounds like it's a great it, way it, to it, borrow. It's, <laughs> it's basically the best way to put it. It's. It, it, is is uh, yeah? It's like a really adult version of Wally. That's um, the best way to describe it. I just yeah, just cut yeah. to the chase. That's yeah. yeah. Check it out. It's called Reclaim, and uh, uh, written by myself, Steve J. Palmer, and artwork by Guy Lemay. So that's one. Uh, StrongGuyComics.com, uh, and then you can go to uh, another web series that I'm uh, working on is called Moonbound Twenty Four, and you can go to Moonbound and then. The numbers two four dot com, and uh, that will be. Uh, we're in pre production right now. We're gonna uh, first episode will be out in October. Yeah. Uh, but it's a uh, it's a great concept for a web series. Uh, what it is is the the Earth is about to explode, and the last rocket ship going to the new founded moon colony can only take twenty four people, and there's a mad basically kind of voting system of who on uh, the billions of people on Earth, who will the final 24, you know, of these people be? And there's great tours and multi-billionaires and, like, groundbreaking scientists and Nobel Peace Prize winners and all these great minds who think they should be the ones on. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, again, that's called Moonbound 24. I'll be doing that. Uh, keep uh, Continue to check out QueenGoria.com and uh, keep uh, updated, uh, not just as far as what we're doing the show, but, uh, you know, uh, Satu will only make announcements if you'll see, uh, you know, what convention's coming up. You'll yeah. see Goria and uh, Terry at. Yeah. And uh, uh, go on Facebook and look up the official Steve J. Palmer page. And yeah. just uh, uh, like, my, uh, like my official uh, page on Facebook. And uh, I have another web series, which I'll be debuting specifically on my Facebook page, called... Uh, the Adventures of Stephen Fredley, which are about me and my crazy cat. Yeah. So. Sounds good. I'm scraping the bottom of the barrel, but yeah. yeah you get, you get, <laughs> it gets you out there. It's people love because people love cats. Yeah. yeah. And so I said, I said, I'm I'm going to fall into that, but we're going to do something quite different with it. So uh, it's going to be a little different than what you've seen, but uh, but yeah, check it out. Difference is always good. Yes. And uh, to cap up any interview that we've done on Nowhere California, it's became our go-to closer. Uh, what is your favorite what the fuck movie moment? I have a bunch, Josh, and I'm going to pick up one recently. Yeah. Um, one of my friends, and I won't say who, I don't want to embarrass him, came over to my place one night. He was like, he was smoking weed. Yeah. He's like, I got this. He goes, man, I love Danny Boyle. I have a, I'm on a Danny Boyle kick. Have you ever seen Life Less Ordinary? <laughs> I'm like, no, no. He's like, oh, it's, it's Cameron Diaz, it's Ewan McGregor, uh, Holly Hunter, uh, Delroy Lindo. Delroy Lindo's in it. You gotta watch it. I'm like, oh, jeez. All right. Okay. So we're watching this movie, 
and I was like, okay, this is interesting. I want to see where it goes. And then it, uh, I want to spoil if you if you it, this came out in like the early mid '90s, I think. So if you haven't seen Life Less Ordinary, I could care less at this point. Yeah. The ending where it's it's about uh, Ewan McGregor plays this uh, janitor who basically snaps and uh, and goes to his boss and he pulls a gun and and goes crazy. Yeah. And it's a comedy. And ends up kidnapping his boss's daughter, which is Cameron Diaz. But yeah. she kind of, um, you know, uh, she's kind of the re- slightly reluctant hostage, but she kind of ends up going along with it and then wants to become his partner. And then the two of them basically commit crimes together. Yeah. Um, and and there's two angels, played by Delroy Lindo and Holly Hunter, who are after them because the idea is they have to get these two people to fall in love. And by the end of it, Ewan McGregor, uh, one of the angels, uh, I, I think this happens, Ewan McGregor gets shot. Like, in a shotgun, blows his chest, and all this, like, light comes out. And he's alive, and it comes in this cheat. It's stupid. It just, I, I was like, what is the point of this stupid movie? And what it got me is in the early 80s, there was, and I can't remember the name of the movie, I'd have to IMDB it. My, I, didn't, I don't have my phone, I don't want my phone going off. In the uh, during the interview, so I left my phone in my car and I don't have it. Uh, those of you out there, you can like look this up for yourself. And I think in like '83 or '84, there was an Olivia Newton-John and John Travolta movie, and I can't. But it was basically uh, he was a bank robber and she was working at the teller, and he holds her hostage and and basically takes her as a hostage. But then they fall in love and she's going around with them. And they're being pursued by angels, and there's a black angel, but this one's played by Scatman Crothers. And so I'm thinking, so Danny Boyle, it's like this, I've already seen this movie in the early 80s. And I think Josh is looking it up right now. Yes. Well, okay, we're going to stop. We're going to have him yeah. look it up. Yeah, let's look it up. Let's look this up. Because that's going to drive me nuts. But I, I'm watching Life Less Ordinary, and I said, oh my God, this is a, this is a stupid re- rehash of the Olivia Newton-John, John Travolta movie. What? Is it two of a kind? Two of a kind. Yeah. Two of a kind. All right. Thank you, Josh. Yes. I'm going to say this right now for the record. Uh, Danny Boyle's A Life Less Ordinary is no, nothing more than a ripoff of the 80s movie Two of a Kind. I've said it. I've said I Listen, I love Cameron Diaz. I love Ewan McGregor. I love Holly Hunter. Um, d- hey, great. Delroy Lindo. Yeah. You know, if you can't get Ving Rhames, get Delroy Lindo. Yeah. But it, the movie insulted my intelligence, and when it ended in the light and the way it ended with the little thing, and, and I, I literally looked up and said, "What TF?" Yeah. So if you want to know what my WTF moment is, yeah. it was watching the end of Life Less Ordinary and yeah. saying, "The brain cells that died in that last viewing, how can I get those back?" Exactly, and that's yeah. a, lot, a lot of movies, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, but, but but that one specifically, I was like, "Wow," you know. Yeah. Yeah, that was my WTF movie moment as of late. Yeah. Great way to end, and uh, thank you once again, Steve, for this interview, man. Yeah, thank you so much, uh, Josh. I appreciate it. And thanks for you drove all the way from well, the same area. <laughs> you still came from a long distance, and I got you a little gift that you saw before. So yes. I, uh, I hope you enjoy your gift. Yes, was... thank you. Autographed copy of Red Dead Redemption. Thank you so much for that. Yay! <laughs> yes, I tried. Yeah, to, yeah I tried to do a good job. Like, oh, that's awesome. So uh, no, I, thanks for this. This was a fun opportunity, and you've been doing a great job helping plug Clean Boreo. Oh, and yeah. uh, uh, hopefully, it doesn't stop here. Oh, it won't. I promise you. Yeah. I promise you.